Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series we're doing called Living is Christ. Uh, what I'm doing in this series or attempting to do is we're looking at the life that um, we have in Christ, that Jesus came to give us full and abundant now and forever life, that we have a very real enemy who's trying to steal that life from us, so it's good for us to um, take good uh, long looks at at what this life we have in him looks like so we make sure we're experiencing all that he has for us. So, so far in this series, we looked at uh, Philippians 1, 20 through 27, where Paul talks about that living is Christ, and we looked at a lot of different ideas in that uh, passage of Scripture. And now we've shifted into Ephesians 4, where um, the, this process continues, and I, I set it up last week as we talked about um, putting off the old self and putting on the new self. And that sandwich between those verses is the idea of the, the attitude of our minds being changed. So I wanted to start with that last week to make sure that you get that what's happening is that um, this is God at work in us, the Holy Spirit in us, uh, as we yield to Him, is changing us um, now that we are following Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it's a process. And so we're, we're taking off the old self, the old sin nature. All of that stuff is being taken off of us. It's been being replaced by the new self. But this new self is created for us by God in holiness and righteousness. He's created it. Um, he's made it. It's not that we're making this happen. It's not that we're doing this work. Ultimately, what we're doing is we're submitting or yielding to the Holy Spirit who is changing us. And this new self is being put on us in the process. And, and, and the attitude of our minds are being changed as this happens. And then what Paul sort of does over these next few verses that we're going to look at is he starts talking about these new attitudes and what they look like. So he's not just telling us these are the behavior shifts you need to make now that you're a believer. He's saying these are the things that should be happening to you as you're yielding to the Holy Spirit. And that's how I want you to see them. As you see these things changing in you, you, you need to realize that it's the Holy Spirit who's bringing about this change in you and that it's happening from the inside out. And that the reason that, that he does it is so he gets the glory. If this were on us and this were just some sort of moral self-improvement program, Christianity, we'd take the credit for it. And, and so it's, it's just not how it's set up. So we're, we're watching these things together. Today I want to talk about an interesting subject um, that Paul launches into in verse 25. And we're going to talk about putting off falsehood together and what that means and, and how that happens in our lives. So that's where we're headed um, that's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke. It's a very bad joke uh, I want to share with you today. Um, and uh, sort of inspired by the... Anybody here ever watch Investigation Discovery? Sometimes we watch some of that. A lot of crime shows and stuff. Kind of interesting. Well, here you go. Uh, the, the attorney walks in and tells his client, he says, listen, I've got some good news and some bad news. And so his, his client says, well, what's the bad news? And the uh, the attorney says, well, the bad news is your blood's all over the crime scene and the DNA tests prove you did it. And his client goes, well, what's the good news? And the attorney says, well, your cholesterol is 130. 130. <laughs> okay. I had a backup just in case. Did you hear about the mathematician who's afraid of negative numbers? He will stop at nothing to avoid them. It's a math joke if you don't understand to it. Ask your neighbor. <laughs> Some people don't like the math jokes. Scripture reading here on purpose, Ephesians 4, 22 through 32. You were taught 
with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for we are all members of one body in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold he who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need and do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption get rid of all bitterness rage anger brawling slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you blessed be the word of the Lord as I said I want to focus in today on verse 25 therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for we are all members of one body now a lot of these attitudes as we take them on I, I said to you you know the other day I think about um, you know when when people see us are they able to see you know the light of Christ in us uh, is he increasing as we decrease and I I said you know last week I kind of even added the thing that ultimately when we get into Ephesians 5 1 it talks about um, you know Jesus being a fragrant uh, offering or aroma and that that we we should be that as well as where this thing is happening and I, I, I tease that I ask uh, all the young leaders when we meet on Wednesday I meet with them uh, and I'll ask them right out okay how did you smell like Jesus this week um, and I want to know what what was going on in their lives where, where was that happening and so um, we're to impact this world in such a way that that you know they should see and smell and 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 today this is even here um, change in us as we're yielding to the Holy Spirit that that we be people we are people that understand the importance of speaking truthfully and this is really important and in our culture today uh, unfortunately there's not a lot of uh, truth-telling going on and we're so accustomed to people not telling us the truth that we almost are like man well that's okay we get it we're, everybody you know just like everybody else they're not telling us the truth but we get it and um, we're not um, shocked by it any longer, overwhelmed by it. It's kind of a sad state of affairs, I think. And yet, as the followers of Christ, this is really important that we take this on, that we understand the importance of speaking the truth in our lives. So, point number one, let's just kind of jump in here and let's talk about lying. Uh, that's the first point, you know. Let's talk about lying. Uh, unfortunately, this is something all of us understand because all of us have done it. Um, and... It, it, you know, it's, it's unfortunately crept into our lives, and we need to talk about how and why and what that looks like. That's what we're going to do. So the first thing I want to ask, you know, is it ever right to tell a lie? And this is a pretty big topic because uh, depending on how we start to sort of work through this together, um, we've we got to be careful that we're not looking for loopholes so that we can continue to sort of not quite tell the truth in the areas of our own lives and so we'll often look at the Bible and there's a couple of instances that I want to just get up on the table and talk about so that we can't use them as loopholes um, so let's look at a couple of times in the scripture where it looks like it's no big deal to tell a lie and, and um, 
And so the first one I want to talk about is the Hebrew midwives. And I only bring these up because often when I have this discussion or even this thought, people will say, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this situation? And how about this? And is it, you know, what's the difference between a lie and a white lie and a fib? We give them nice names. And, you know, what do I say if, you know, if I started right now and said, hey, does my butt look big in these shorts? You know, well, how do you respond? <laughs> and it would be inappropriate to ask. And now I got people going, oh, that's horrible. And you could say, no. Or, or you could say yes, and, and, uh, or you could say no, and you could think it's not the shorts. Um, <laughs> but I want to get down to the heart of the matter and, and what really matters and why it's so important, okay? So um, the first uh, little incident I'll talk about today is back in the book of Exodus. If you're with me on Wednesday nights, we talked about this not that long ago. Verses 16 through 19. And, and um, it's got to do with the Hebrew midwives. And Pharaoh has ordered them to kill baby boys that are born to the um, people of Israel because he, he's th worried they're getting out of control and he can't handle them. Um, Exodus 1.16. When you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And the midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So um, that's not a truthful statement, what they just said. That Hebrew women could have been plenty vigorous, but they weren't that vigorous that they were popping babies out before midwives got on the scene. just wasn't the truth. Um, it's what they told Pharaoh. And, and so here you have this falsehood being told. Um, and yet verse 17 says that the motive behind them not doing what Pharaoh had said was because they had a genuine fear of God. They feared God, so they didn't do as the king of Egypt commanded them. And then it goes on in verse 20 and 21, and it says, So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. So you look at this and go, well, look, God, they did pretty good in, in this lie. God actually blessed them with families of their own. But um, what God is responding to is the fact that they feared God and didn't uh, go with Pharaoh's plan and kill the babies, not necessarily the fact that they lied about it. Um, and so we, that, there's a story, but you need to understand the, the, the thing behind it. So that's one sort of situation. Another one has to do with Rahab. This is the one that almost always comes up when we talk about lying in the Bible. Um, and... Rahab lives in Jericho. Um, the, uh, as the people of Israel are now spreading out, this, this would be in the book of uh, Joshua, um, they're, they're coming in and they're taking the promised land. They're going into the cities and doing battle. They're sending out spies to check things out. A couple of spies are sent to uh, Jericho, and um, Rahab hides them and then lies about it to the people in her town. Let me read it to you. Uh, Joshua 2, 4 through 6. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. And at dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. And, and the rest of the chapter then tells how she believed in the God of Israel and she pleaded for the deliverance of her and her family when Jericho would be attacked. And then we read about her again in Hebrews 11. Most of you know that's the chapter of faith in the New Testament. And she's there. Hebrews 11:31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. 
So how her action is remembered in the Bible is that it, it was done from a heart of faith, even though she lied to the king's messengers. Now, let me say that, that in both of these cases, and, and, in, in, and also in any other case that I can find in the Bible that I'm aware of, um, lying is never explicitly commended by God as the way to go. Um, the midwives are commended for fearing the Lord. Um, Rahab is sort of commended for her faith um, in, in this whole process of knowing that God was indeed who he was. But their lying in, in neither case is commended by God. So, so what I sort of come with in, in trying to you know, wrestle through this is that perhaps in the fear of God, like the Hebrew midwives, or in the walk of faith, like Rahab, um, sometimes people have chosen to oppose the effects of evil by concealing truth from wicked men. However, the overwhelming preponderance of Scripture is um, that we are always to speak truthfully. So, so I like that these stories are included in the Old Testament because it shows, like, like us, we've all sort of, you know, maybe resorted to not telling the truth because we thought it was the right thing to do at the time. But we're going we're gonna to see God has grace and, and is looking behind those things. But we want to make sure that because of those two instances, we're not looking for loopholes because Scripture tells us over and over and over and over and over again to speak the truth. Here's some examples. Proverbs 6, 16. Uh, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devised wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. God, it says that he hates those things. They are detestable to him. Proverbs 12, 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people that are truthful. Revelation 21, just so you think I'm stuck in the Old Testament, 7 and 8. He who overcomes will inherit all this. I will be his God. He will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So, uh, and there's many, many more scriptures we could go into. The idea is that, that God does not want us... Um, speaking falsehoods, he wants us to be people that are um, truth tellers and that, that we're known for the fact that we are speaking truthfully uh, into the world around us. So, so lying is never to be considered no big deal. That's really my point. Um, and, and we have a tendency to justify the reasons for it and I, I like, I've told you this, I like a better word for that. We're, we're good at rationalizing why we might sometimes tell lies. And remember, whenever you're rationalizing, all you're doing is telling yourself rational lies. And, and yet, it's the whole process. Now, why is it such a big deal? Let's hop into this. Putting off falsehood is what we're talking about. That's point number two. The reason this is such a big deal is that lying is part of the old nature. It's, it's the old self. It's the old attitude that we have sort of taken on in our lives, and we're to be made new in the attitudes of our minds, and, and so we need to be aware of what's happening. And, and John 8, says this, that you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So the reason that falsehood is such a big deal is it's, it's the enemy's territory. He's the it's his language. It's, it's his whole deal. It's his area. 
And, and so whenever we're entering into falsehood, we're, we're just kind of walking right into the territory of the enemy. And he's a deceiver, and he wants to deceive us, uh, and he wants us to also grab into that deception and use deception as well to try and find some sort of life we never will. And here's some of the ways that we're deceived into lying. I've got four. There's a whole bunch, but I just, there's four because I... My hope is that as you become aware of these things, you're also then more willing to yield to the Spirit that these are issues that you need to let Him really have so that you, you start to speak the truth. So why do we generally result to lying in, in our lives? And it's all old nature stuff, but it kind of stays with us uh, until He changes it. So, little letter A. One of the big reasons we, we tell falsehood is greed. Um... Some lies are told for personal pleasure or gain. We, we, we think that there's some benefit we're going to obtain that we would not otherwise obtain if we spoke the truth. And so we'll rationalize it away and we'll think, well, I, because of this, I need to do this. And there we go. And so we're, we allow ourselves to kind of run into that area. And it's, it's a greed thing. It's about personal gain. Um, and, and it's one of those issues that will cause us to not speak the truth sometimes. Another big one, this is B, is cover-up. Cover-up, fear behind it, but um, cover-up when, when we've done things um, that we don't want other people to know about or that we, we realize we shouldn't have done, we will often resort to telling any kind of story that we can think of to cover it up. And, uh, and, and cover-up stories are rampant. People are always trying to cover up things, and because they've done something, they realize probably shouldn't have done that. And rather than dealing with it, head on, they just keep making it worse by running cover-up stories. And, um, and, and it's, it's, a, it's sort of based in fear, not an appropriate fear, but we cover things up. And so now we've got this whole other thing. We've got greed going on. We've got fear going on. See, um, this is a big one, pride. Um, sort of a false pride will have us make up stories uh, and, and begin to talk of them because we, we want people to think uh, that we're better than we really are or we don't think there's much about us that anybody else would like and so we just start making up these whole stories and personas and um, you know adventures and all sorts of other things and it's all about pride that if anybody really knew us you know then then nothing would really work out and and, um, and, and so we, we you know we, we have this stuff that goes on and now we're caught in some of these traps and they've they've stuck with us and it's a whole nother big deal so we got greed happening, we got fear and cover-up going on, we got pride is, is, is sort of getting to us. And then D, and this is a significant one, they're all significant, but oftentimes it's just habit. This is the, the scariest part. Some people just lie and there's no reason behind it at all. It just becomes such a part of who they are that it just sort of flows out of them without even thinking about it. And they're just, they just they've lived it for so long that, that they're, they're stuck in it. And... Um, it, we need to be aware of all these things in our life and, and uh, that, that, that there's an issue. So there's lots of reasons, but those are the main four. Um, but lying is a, it's an attitude problem, and it's part of the old attitude that needs to be replaced with a new attitude, and that's point three, which is this whole new attitude of speaking truthfully, of, of just being people that are truth-tellers. And ultimately, this is about trusting in the Lord. You need to know that as you make this shift, that, that you're yielding the Holy Spirit 
and you just are going to begin trusting in the Lord in areas where you thought you always had to kind of little, tell little things out to sort of make things different. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Psalm 27. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's one of my current favorite verses. I'm meditating a lot on that one um, because I see people all, all around us, and I, I'm sure I do it too, that are totally putting their faith and their trust in chariots and horses, which don't work. Um, we're to be trusting in the Lord. Chariots and horses can be anything that we put our trust in, but also can be us just trying to make things work in our own strength by saying whatever needs to be said in the process. And, and so it's a trust issue. And, and when you're trusting in the Lord, you're able to overcome the deceptions that the enemy causes to, to sort of move us into being greedy, fearful, prideful, um, habitual sort of offenders of telling the truth. Because what happens is we no longer need to, we don't feel the need to distort the truth in order to gain a worldly advantage. We don't need to try and impress people. We don't need to wear masks of pretense. We don't need to be defensive and always make sure our opinion's out there. We don't need to compare ourselves to others. Um, we can live in the freedom of just being who we really are in Him and trusting Him in everything. And, and ultimately, see, that's the, the whole deal. This, as you're yielding to the Spirit, the life that, that begins to happen in you is there's so much freedom in it. Because there's so much bondage in being stuck in that old way of living. And being stuck in this whole attitude of lying is part of that bondage. And, and it's just, it's so freeing that you, you don't have to remember what you've said to who about what if you're speaking the truth. You, you can have a short memory. If you're caught up in a lot of falsehood, you better hope you got a good memory. Because <laughs> you've got to try and hold on to all that stuff. And it's so freeing to just do the best you can. I bring all that up so that when those things happen in us and you know we all have it it's, it's such a part of the old nature that that it's sometimes an option for a long long time the first option is I could just kind of slip in a little untruth here and and this isn't a big deal but but start catching yourselves even in the little things even in the I, I can remember years ago when when someone would call that I didn't want to speak to I'd just say whoever answered the phone tell them I'm not here anybody ever done that seems like a pretty harmless little thing right but, but now, not only is it not true, I'm making somebody else say it on my behalf. And that's even worse. And, uh, and so I remember a long time ago, it's, it's much cleaner to say, if, if you're too busy to talk to somebody or you don't want to talk to somebody, just say, I, I can't right now. It's much better than having to come up with a thing, but we think, well, that's the better way around. It's little things like that. And as you sort of get free from them, you just sort of, it's a better thing to just speak the truth. We're going to talk about using our words to build up in a couple of weeks so we're going to talk some more about truth telling and love and what they look like but, but this is really you know, sort of a time to look at yourself how are you doing in those areas and in those areas where we're not sort of measuring up where we should let's ask him to just really have his way in us so that um, this can be a part of the new attitude that we're taking on in him this new self that he's created us which would be to be people that speak the truth um, not only when it's convenient but that's just what we do. And so let that kind of uh, sort of think about, think about that this week. And we are, next week we're talking about anger. We're very excited about that. It's going to be fun, yeah. I thought I would uh, have this slide start next week and act like I was really angry, you know what I mean? But then, then people might not get it, and I don't want to do that.
Anyway, that's enough. If you're watching on the video, thanks. We appreciate it. Come and visit. We'd love to have you. See you soon.